Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gesso Girls. This is Julia here, and today we're going to be doing a different kind of podcast where it's just me, and since it's the end of 2020, thank goodness, Aaron and I are both going to be talking about our 2020 in review and some of our big takeaways, and then I'm going to close out the show with a journaling prompt for you guys um, to also reflect on your 2020 takeaways. Um, so without further ado, um, here we go. So in trying to think about where to start with this episode, and in full disclosure, I think I've tried to record this episode at least six times because this is such a hard year to sum up. It has been such a roller coaster for so many of us. Um, I think it's rare that we can all agree on a year being really difficult and it's been difficult in different ways. Um, and in no way do I want to be comparing my year to anybody else's and nor do I want anybody listening to compare your year to mine. My year had a lot of positives and also some negatives, but maybe right now you felt like your year was all really great. And others of you, maybe your year felt like it was all an uphill battle and you're struggling to find anything good to take out of it. So we all have experienced a different year. This is just my take uh, and my takeaways and hopefully in hearing about them, um, it is helpful to you. And I also want to be very clear that obviously a lot of huge things happen this year in the world and in no way am I trying to just gloss over that whole aspect of the year. Not at all. Um very much know that there are some very big, profound things that happened this year that were very, very hard for a lot of people, um, myself included in many ways. But in this podcast and what this podcast is about, I'm talking more about art and my experience as a full-time artist, um, more than I'm going to be talking about world events. And I'm sure there's other podcasts that are going to do a far better job than I ever could in talking about those things in review. So this is a bit, a bit more personal and a personal perspective on the year uh, than it is about the year at large. Um, so just wanted to be totally clear on that before we dive in. So like I said, in thinking of where to start, I struggled. Um, and I'm going to start, I think, in just talking about my journey in deciding to do art full-time or getting to this place where I'm doing now art full-time. I don't feel like it was a clear path right away. Um, I felt like it kind of just presented itself to me and became evident over time that this is exactly where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that journey and then just what it meant to make that decision uh, eventually. <laughs> And finally, so I had, I was in a job um, during this pandemic at the very beginning that was a job that I originally had signed on for that felt like it was in line with what I wanted to be doing. Um, however, as the role progressed and my, and I feel like my duty started to change, it was no longer what I had been wanting to do. And so it became also during being in quarantine and having a little time to reflect that this was just not the track um, of a career that I wanted to be on. And this role was no longer serving the purpose I originally had signed on for because it had so kind of drastically changed um, during the time that I was there. And I decided to leave my job, but I didn't really have 
an idea of what I was going to do next. I think maybe it's easiest to just explain and when I do talk to people about, you know, me changing, becoming a full-time artist and changing courses here, it's easiest to just say like, oh yeah, I quit my day job to just go do art. And that's not really how the story went. Um, I left my day job and I was really vacillating because I had another opportunity um, I was working towards and I actually got licensed. Um, I actually took tests. I actually technically am not licensed because I didn't pay for the license, but I took all the testing necessary and passed to become an insurance um, broker, which is funny now. I don't think I'll ever use that license, but um, because I was working towards a job that would require that, um, it was a marketing kind of role, but I needed to have that in um, my toolkit to do the role right. So anyway, this is a long way of me saying that I actually didn't have a clear intention of when I left my last job of going into doing art full time. I think I knew in the back of my brain that I really wanted to be doing that, but I was really still in denial of that decision and really afraid of it. And so by no means do I want to come on here and be like, I'm so brave. I just jumped right into um, this career as a full-time artist with zero fear. Um, no, there were a lot of sleepless nights. There were a lot of tears and there were a lot of hard choices that had to be made. And thankfully, um, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of was serendipitous, but the job that um, I had been working towards, um, it ended up they were going to offer it to me. However, due to some changes within the company, um, the role ended up actually no longer, they no longer needed somebody for the role. And so the role was eliminated, even though they um, were willing to hire me, it was just not in the cards at that time. And so it was kind of interesting though, because I actually had on my in my heart, on my mind, that this just probably wasn't the best decision anyway for me. I still... I wasn't sure if I was going to do art full time, but I knew that I was conflicted and that going into another job or jumping in was probably not the right idea, that I needed time to really consider my options. And very shortly after making at least the decision to not take that role and um, kind of it serendip serendipitously working out the way it did, uh, I had some time to reflect and just really think very critically about what I want to be doing. And I definitely had a very large um, internal struggle and a lot of fear around making this choice to do art full time and it did not come easily. I kept asking everybody and their mother um, what I should do, if I should continue to work for, look for a different role, if I should just dive into doing art full time, if I should do both simultaneously. Um, and truthfully, I kept waiting for somebody to just give me permission to do art full time. I really believe that. And, you know, nobody was going to give it to me. I realized, and this comes to my first takeaway of this um, year, is that nobody's going to give you permission to do the things you want to do with your life. Though that doesn't happen from external sources, that only comes from you, and you are the only one with that power. And once I realized that I had that power in my hands, I think it really it was kind of in that moment where I kind of took control of my life, I feel like. And finally, I stopped letting things happen to me, and I started making things happen. And I started making things happen in my career as an artist. Um, and so, I, I, will, I will still say that at this time I was kind of simultaneously still applying to roles and just figuring that out and also was doing arts. But as I started to feel like I was making things happen and I, now I had this 
commitment piece, um, which I'm going to talk more about in a minute, that I had put into my art, that I was feeling like I was very committed to this, it started to just unfold for me. And that became very obvious that that path was opening up and the path to get another desk job just wasn't opening up. And I realized that this is where I need to be focusing my attention and that other path is always going to be there for me. I can always return to it. I can always go back to a desk job. I can always continue. I can always, you know, I can continue to apply to roles if I want to, but let's just see where this goes with art. Because if I'm being completely honest, I, while I had been painting and selling my work and working to, as an artist mostly on the side prior to this in addition to another role i this was not my first time making this decision to do, to try to do art full time and i was trying to figure out like okay well what's going to be different about this time how am i going to make this work this time or how am i going to change my perspective on it because what i was doing when I was trying to do art full time wasn't working and I don't want to end up in that same place again. And once again, I, I had in my head still at that point, like there's always the other road I can go down, but let's just really, if I actually give this my full attention, how far could I go if I actually really committed to this? And once I made that commitment, once I gave myself permission, I truly feel like the whole process of leading up to that decision was 80% of the battle easily 80%. I really firmly believe that because even when I had been doing all the things, going through the motions beforehand, things were working, but they weren't working nearly as well as when I just changed my mindset. And when I actually started to put that piece up into the puzzle. And I really do believe that if you are on the edge of doing something that scares you, making a big life decision, that doesn't feel easy, but it's something you've been thinking about a long time, I really believe that you have to go for it. And when you go for it, I hope and pray that you go for it with all your heart and you give yourself permission and you commit because I do believe that that is going to, it's scary because when you commit to something, when if you fail at it, it hurts a lot more. And I know that's true. And I know that hurts to even hear me even say it, um, it hurts more when you really love and care about something and then it doesn't work out. So I think a lot of us hold back on really committing um, and giving ourselves permission because we're afraid of that pain that could happen if it doesn't work out the way, way we want to. But what if I told you that giving it your full attention, committing, giving yourself permission is actually the piece of the recipe you might be missing to be successful, that that actually might be the key ingredient that you're leaving out of this whole thing that would actually lead you to success and you wouldn't fail. So it might hurt more, it might be scarier, it might mean some sacrifices in other areas, it really might mean changing a big part of your life. However, I do believe that when you really lean into something and give it your all, I really think things start to unfold and fall into place. So to sum it all up, I think my first big takeaway of 2020 was realizing the power of committing to something and the power of being consistent. And that kind of leads into my next um, takeaway, which is that consistent piece. And also when it comes to the next steps after making a really you know big decision like that, the next steps can feel really scary. It's like, okay, 
okay, I'm here. I've arrived. I made that decision. It feels very overwhelming. I'm looking out at a really long path, a really long road ahead of me, and I don't see an end in sight. How am I going to get there? Oh my goodness, like all I want, it just even looking at the path and how far there is to go can feel so daunting that we want to just give up. And what I've realized is that this just takes a small shift in perspective. Um, I think a lot of us um, tend to look towards those big goals um, or even small goals, you know, things that are not that far away, but they're something that is going to be difficult to get to. And what I've realized about myself, this might not work for you, but I do believe that when you are embarking on a very daunting task, um, like being an entrepreneur and having your own business, I firmly believe that breaking it down to even smaller goals, so such such small goals, in fact, that I'm, I started to just look down instead of looking at the massive path ahead of me, but just looking down at my feet and looking down at the next five steps and I started to realize the more I looked straight down at what my feet were doing and that making sure they were moving and making sure that the next five things were not big, big goals. They were very much baby steps. They were get that next painting done, send that next email, reach out to so-and-so, very, very tangible things. Those are more, you know, like today, day to day to-do list kind of items. The more I did that, and the less I was looking up and getting overwhelmed at the big, big picture thing that I had to, that I feel like I have to accomplish, the more sustainable this journey felt. The more in control I feel, the more calm I feel, the more calm around finances I feel. All of this just from a very simple shift in perspective of instead of looking up at the road ahead, we're looking down. And I'm not saying you should never look up at the road ahead or look back at where how far you've come. But what I am saying is that living in the moment, which is essentially what I'm talking about right here, living in the moment, living in, in the present of what you know you are doing at this time to advance your career is far more effective than looking at the big, big thing. And I really think this comes down to kind of that whole mindfulness principle around being in the moment. And as I've kind of reflected on this whole being in the moment and being present with what I'm currently doing to advance my business and my creativity and my art, the more I'm realizing that creativity actually mostly I, I exists in the present moment, which sounds like an obvious statement, but what I mean by this is when I feel my most creative, it is very, very rare, rarely in a jam-packed, super busy, hyper-scheduled day. When I feel most creative, it's when there is space to be creative, where there's very few things on my to-do list. And the, the to-do to list is short enough that I know it's going to get done, and but there's a space and there is time to be present because that is when I feel like I can get into my flow state, if you want to call it that. Because if I feel like there's a time limit or a very strict schedule to when I have to be creative, that just doesn't really work with how creativity is, right? It's like you get a burst of inspiration. Time starts to actually just move and go. And before you know it, you look up and it's like three hours later when you've been working on something. And that doesn't happen necessarily when it's, you know, oh shoot, you only have an hour. Well, what if that first hour you were, 
you know, suppose that was when you needed the time to transition to being creative. And by the time you got to that place where you felt like you were in the flow, it's time to leave now. Obviously, this sounds very idealistic. I understand not all of us just have time to just commit an entire day to being open to being creative. But what I'm trying to say here is that I'm realizing the correlation between being present in the moment with my art and being present in the moment with my business, how the two things are very, very much alike and how the two things actually, when synchronized and when I'm doing both at the same time is when I'm most successful. And it's hard to get those two things in line. It's hard to always be present in the moment, but I'm working towards strategies to do that. And maybe I'll have another episode where we talk about ways to stay more, stay more grounded in, in the and in the moment so that we can be more connected to our creativity because I think that'd be a very um, enlightening podcast to have and I could but I don't want to you know spend too much time on this because I think I have a couple other really good takeaways from this year and the next one that in thinking about okay well how is this time around where I'm going down this path as a full-time artist Um, my mom and I were having a conversation and she's obviously been with me through this entire journey and from a place of concern and a place of wanting to have me fully reflect on how this has gone for me in the past, she asked me, Julia, well, you know, you've gone down this road before and I know you felt very lonely the last time that you were trying to do art full time right out of school and you were very much seeking and why partly why you decided to get these other full-time jobs was because you were craving community and she was right she was totally right I mean that is exactly that was a big piece of why I chose to leave doing art um, full-time to get another job was because I really wanted to feel like I had a community but what I realize now that my mindset has shifted is that I can create a community and not have to go to an office. And I realized this, I think, only because of the situation that has arised for all of us because of COVID. Now, I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm not saying that this is the ideal sense of and feeling of a community, not at all. But it made me realize that when we all have to be at home and we all can't be present in public spaces or in the office together. We all have to find other ways to create community. And so I started seeing um, my friends, for example, who had more of the traditional nine to five jobs. We were doing other things to create community. And I started to realize like, wow, I can be a full-time artist be a studio artist who primarily works by myself and I can still cultivate community and I can still have a group of people who get me, who are, you know, air quotes, my coworkers, and I can try to seek that out and I can create that for myself. And once I realized that that was possible, I really felt very much re-energized and excited about being a full-time artist because I didn't have to do it alone this time. And I I think I always, I never had to do it alone, but the illusion was kind of broken for me because of the situation with us all being st- stuck at home. Um, so now I really started to make more efforts to have a greater sense of community. And I th- think I still have a long ways to go to grow this sense of community, but I definitely believe that um, I'm on the right track and I'm going to do even more of this in 2021. Still brainstorming some ideas of how to do this, but I really think a po- this podcast is actually a part of it and I want to continue to grow it. And what I actually started to realize is that, and similar to creating an artist community, 
of colleagues, I also realized the importance of creating a community with my clients and how I can create community with my art and that art isn't always an individual um, solo activity. And when I create art that reaches other people and speaks to them, I not only am, am I creating something for me that serves me in some way because it's an expression of my creativity and I feel very fulfilled doing it, but it also really serves them. I'm also now seeing how there is actually an intersection between being an entrepreneur and an artist. And I think for a very long time, I put those things on two separate tracks and I thought I always had to constantly try to balance between the two. And I'm seeing now that I can be creative and feel fulfilled in that and also be serving my clients. Um, and when they see me being creative and feeling fulfilled, that also serves them too. And I think there's something really amazing about, about creating a creative community where your creativity inspires other people and then they are creative and then in turn inspire, inspires you again. And I really just believe that this can be a self-sustaining, nurturing community with my clients and that I don't have to choose between being an entrepreneur and being an artist because I really do believe some of my best work has come out of serving other people. And I, I know other people might have different opinions on that, but I know that for right now, that's what is feeling the best to me. And in speaking about my clients and being an entrepreneur, um, I also think another really big takeaway I've had for 2020 is money and the stress of finances as an entrepreneur. And this is something that I believe really stops a lot of people from pursuing their dreams because we all have our own baggage associated with money and our own fears with it. And I think a lot of them are negative and I am learning to reframe that for myself. And I'm realizing that whenever I made a painting, a launch, uh, a new series about money, it never worked. Um, I shouldn't say it didn't work. I should say it didn't work as well as when I just did something purely for fun. Not, no, I shouldn't say that. Not purely for fun, but purely from a place of creative inspiration. And I was thinking about serving other people and not how it was going to serve me financially. I really feel like it paid off far more um, when I was in that space of thinking about the next five steps and being really present in the moment and really present in, in my creativity, that is when the best art was created and that is when my most of my sales happen, which is seems obvious, right? But it's really easy as an entrepreneur to get frazzled and try to, you know, do something to make money quickly. And those, I think I'm learning more and more now, those don't pan out. And the mindset I now have about money has shifted in that I'm beginning to trust myself more and more that my work is worthy of money, my work is worthy of being paid for, and that I can trust myself to create a sustainable income. And that the more I believe that and the more I just let the art happen and I let my creativity guide and lead the way, the money will follow. But when I am leading with the money in mind and I'm trying to follow the money, the money is I'm always chasing it and it is always five steps ahead of me. So this has been a really, really valuable lesson, especially in this past month with um, my uh, 
ornament launch and also just my other holiday season stuff, I was starting to get kind of down on myself because while I had a very, I felt successful holiday season, it was tough because I feel like I made some mistakes along the way. I maybe there was also a lot of expenses inevitably in December because of holiday stuff and just a lot of recurring bills and all that great stuff with having a company and a business. Um, but I was looking at, you know, just what I made, obviously, and then what I spent and realizing like, wow, okay, this is, I didn't make as much of a profit as I had thought or as, as I had wanted. And I was starting to feel really down about myself and really like I had failed or I had made some mistake. But I started to realize like, I need to look at this differently. I did a holiday season um, where I did a lot but I paid all my bills and I worked really hard. And while it didn't result in some massive profit, I proved to myself that I could do it. And I also spread the word about my work. Um, I definitely have all the little ornaments that I painted for people and the gifts are now new people um, who are going to get a piece of my art and are going to hear about my work. And this is a year more about spreading the word about what I do and who I am than it was about making a huge profit. And so I've kind of really reframed um, how I was feeling about this holiday season in terms of sales to a far more positive and exciting outlook about how great next year will be. Because once again, this is not a sprint. Uh, this is a marathon. And thank God it's not a sprint because I think a sprint is very much like hustle culture mentality, right? It's like you have to act absolutely just gas yourself and feel exhausted and do the most. But the problem is that's a very much a surefire way to burn out. But when we are focusing on the next five steps, we're treating this like a marathon. It's far easier to sustain it. It's far easier to think logically about our decisions and what we do next than when we are just absolutely speeding 100 miles ahead um, and not looking around us. So I hope you guys found my um, lessons, my hard lessons this year um, and good lessons enlightening in some way. I'm also going to now guide you guys through a journaling prompt so you can think about how this year has taught you new things, if you've had any sort of enlightening moments, um, and just, I think, processing this year, right? It's been quite a year. I think we all need to take time to reflect on it because it has just been, it's been tough, and I think it's important to think back on the year before we wipe a clean slate for 2021. So with that, if you are driving, I obviously encourage maybe you pause the uh, podcast here and you return to this a different time, um, and if I encourage you to have a journal or maybe your phone out, but I think having a journal is really the best way to do this, and feel free to pause after each question so that you can write down your thoughts. I'm only gonna give you a couple seconds after each question and I don't want you to feel rushed. So the first question is a big question and it's kind of a fill in the blank question. So I'm gonna have a statement and then you can write in your response or your, finishing this sentence. And I encourage you to have sort of a stream of consciousness style of writing here. It doesn't have to be all cohesive. It can be a list if you want, but you're going to be answering the question or filling in the blanks. In 2020, I learned blank. So write down whatever comes to mind, whatever comes to mind first, put it on, on paper. I recommend giving yourself three to five minutes to do this and just everything you can think of that comes to mind, just absolutely scribble it down. And it can be silly things. It can be like, I learned I'm really bad at baking bread. It can be, I learned that I, you know, am really far, 
I can be alone a lot longer and alone with myself longer than I ever thought I could. You know, it, it can be whatever you think is enlightening to you, the, um, the big and the small. So I encourage you to pause here. And with that, I'm going to give you guys your next question, which is going to be a little bit based on my takeaways. And that is going to be in 2020, I committed to blank. So fill in the blank there again. Um, and then there's me, this is a two part question. Um, in 2020, I struggled to commit to blank. And there might be a crossover here. There might be something you did commit to, but it was tough. So feel free to um, interchange these as you see fit. But I think that it's important to see, you know, what we actually accomplished and committed to this year and recognize also what was challenging so that maybe we can address it in 2021 or continue to address it. So feel free to pause here. And now I'm going to give you guys the third question, which is, which is once again, rooted in my takeaways this year, but I think it can relate to you as well. What did my community look like in 2020? So this can be your family, this can be friends, this can be maybe your online presence. Um, I encourage you to write about all of them. And this is also another like kind of two-part question. Um, in 2021, I want my community to look like blank. So these two questions I think are important to both answer because it re it recognizing what our community does currently look like and if we want that to change or if we want it to grow in 2021. So feel free to pause here and answer those, that two-part question. Um, and now I'm going to go on to question number four. What am I taking with me next year? What am I taking with me next year? What from 2020 are you taking into 2021? Um, maybe it's something that you committed to and you accomplished. Maybe it's something that you learned that you're going to apply next year and continue to apply that to your life. Maybe you've learned about how to create some boundaries and you want to continue to um, maintain those boundaries with people and relationships in your life. And then the next question, uh, so feel free to pause here and answer that question about what you're taking with you into 2021, is what are you leaving behind in 2020? So what happened this year that you are just going to leave in the dust? You are totally done with it. It is over for you and you just need to leave it behind and move on. And I think there's probably a lot in this question. So that's why I made it the last question because I want you to take as much time as you need with that one to feel like it's resolved and like you're ready for a clean slate. And though I know the clock, you know, striking midnight on New Year's Eve does not necessarily wipe everything clean, but I do believe we all of any years really, really need a clean mind into going into next year. And I think that we've all can take some really great things that we learned this past year and keep, go keep growing with them. But I also think it's a great time to reflect on what we need to just let go of. And I really hope that this episode helped you in some way. I hope that hearing about what I went through um, as becoming a full-time artist, you maybe can relate to parts of it or inspires you in some way. And if this episode did inspire you and you did like it, um, it would mean the world to hear your thoughts. I would love to get your feedback. You know, doing these solo episodes can feel a little bit uh, daunting at times and a little bit 
feel a little bit vulnerable. So I'd love to hear if you guys enjoyed this. So if you could write a review or maybe you want to DM me on Instagram, my Instagram is juliahagan underscore arts, or feel free to uh, DM Gesso Girls. Um, I'll respond to either. And thank you guys so much for listening. I wish you a very Merry Christmas if that's what you're celebrating or just a happy holiday season and wishing you a very, very happy and healthy 2021. Thank you guys so much again and stay tuned for next week to hear from Aaron.